I did a little research in, in planning for this uh, sermon uh, about things that are unseen, because that's, I'm going to go ahead and give you the spoiler, that's what we're talking about today, that Jesus is greater than the unseen. Um, and, I, and I found out something, I had seen a little bit about this a while back, but, but I did a little more research, and, and the Hubble Space Telescope, which is uh, this large telescope that looks out into space, so you can see things in space that you can't see with any other telescope, they did a little experiment once. And they looked at a piece of space that looked empty. So it was just a black piece of space. And they focused the Hubble telescope on it for a hundred hours with the shutter open to see what they could capture in a space where they couldn't see anything. And this is what they captured. Galaxies is what they captured in a space that looked empty. Isn't that fascinating? Okay, but let's bring it a little closer to home because not too many of us are gonna have an opportunity to look through the Hubble Space Telescope for 100 hours and see this. Um, how many of you have been swimming in the ocean? Yes. How many of you have been swimming in a dirty ocean? Okay, all the same hands should have gone up because... Here's what happens. Like the Hubble Space Telescope, you use a telescope, you can see space and the unseen becomes seen. Let me show you what's in the ocean with you that you can't see. Go ahead and put this up. Yes, look, there's a little crawdad. Isn't he cute? And a roach looking thing. And I don't know what the squiggly things are, but that's the unseen in ocean water. All right, now how about this? How many of you have been in a creek or a stream or a pond? Okay, so when you take a microscope and the unseen becomes seen with, with, with creek water, with, with pond water, if you get a little closer look, it might also be this guy's home. Yeah, those are eggs, so there's more than one of them. Uh, he's called a water flea. Yeah, a water flea. Um, now, believe it or not, though, my desire isn't to scare y'all away from water in, in this message. Um, um, my point is simply this. All around us, there are things that are unseen, right? There are things that when we look at it with just our eye, uh, we miss stuff, right? But if we use the right equipment, what is unseen can become seen. A telescope is, that's strong enough can make the unseen in space become seen, and a microscope can make what's unseen in the world around us become seen. And what we're going to see today is that this principle doesn't just apply to the physical world that we live in, but what we're going to see today is that, is that there's this unseen around us in the spiritual world that with the right equipment can become seen. Right, And that's what we're going to see today in, in Hebrews is this, is by faith, the unseen becomes seen. And we're going to see that as we, as we go through this. Now, this word faith is an interesting word because what faith means is it means what you put your trust into, right? Like all of you are sitting on a bench, on a pew today, right? You made the conscious decision or even a, a subconscious decision that when you sat down, you could trust that that bench that that pew was going to hold your weight, right? You put your faith that it was going to hold your weight, which is unseen, into the reality that it would hold your weight. And as of now, no pew has fallen over, right? 
And so by faith, the unseen becomes seen all the time because it's what we put our trust in. And see, faith is this microscope that makes the unseen seen. We're gonna be in Hebrews chapter 11, verses one through seven. If you wanna go ahead and turn there, it's page 847 is the page that it's on if you use the Bible that's in front of you. And listen, if you're new to fellowship today and you don't have a Bible, please take that Bible with you as our gift to you. Uh, We want you to have a Bible in your home. If you have a smartphone, you can also download the Bible app um, and we're on there. If you click on events and Fellowship Asheville, the announcements are there, the scriptures are there, some questions to consider are there and you can take notes and save it there even. But today... What we're gonna see is is something else about this process of the unseen becoming seen. Because what we're gonna see is by faith, the unseen becomes seen, but when it does, what we're gonna see today is there's actually a benefit to that. When faith is the thing that makes the unseen become seen, what this author, this preacher of Hebrews is gonna do is show us that there's there's a benefit to that happening. That it's not just the process of the unseen becoming seen, but there's, there's a reward when that happens. As a matter of fact, you can think of it like this. When the unseen becomes seen by faith, there is a reward to that. And I'm gonna give you a little clue. That reward is, genuinely, is, is generally for other people, not for you. And so in addition uh, to what we're gonna see today, we're gonna see some real life examples through baptism because baptism is a picture of faith By faith, the unseen becoming seen. Well, let's look at our examples from today's passage and then we'll we'll move into the baptisms. Uh, Hebrews 11, chapter one, it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And so here's what faith looks like. Remember, faith is what you put your trust into. And and this preacher, because remember, uh, if if you're new, uh, the book of Hebrews in in our series is called Greater Than because we're seeing that Jesus is greater than. The book of Hebrews is a unique book in the Bible because it's a sermon that was preached to a group of people. It's not a letter written to them. It was actually a transcribed sermon. We don't know who wrote it. We don't know who preached it. But what we do know is who it was preached to. And it was preached to a a, a church of people who followed Jesus but who grew up in a Hebrew home. And so this preacher uses uh, illustrations from the Old Testament that they would understand. And, and sometimes my job, preaching to a room full of people who didn't grow up in a Jewish home, is to connect those dots and to kind of tell the story that, that they all grew up knowing. And what he's saying here is that faith is the assurance, and that means being sure, and the conviction, and that means being absolutely sure that what is unseen will one day be seen, right? That's what faith is. That faith is that equipment that moves the unseen to the seen. And by faith, the unseen becomes seen. Look at verse two. For by it, people of old receive their their commendation. There's that reward that that when faith is the equipment that makes the unseen seen, there is a commendation. There, There is a reward. Let's look at verse three. It says, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made of the things that are visible. And so this preacher is giving you an example, and he's saying, listen, when you, when, you, when you think about this idea of the unseen becoming seen, you can look at how God created the universe, and that he spoke out of nothing and created something, that he took the unseen and made it seen. Now he's gonna give some specific examples from, from the Old Testament, particularly from Genesis, that that 
that this Hebrew congregation would understand. Look at verse four. It says, by faith, <clears throat> excuse me, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Now, Cain and Abel were the children of Adam and Eve, right? So you have Adam and Eve in the garden, um, and, and they, have, they have kids, and, and two of those kids' names are Cain and Abel. And as Cain and Abel grew up, they kind of took jobs, right? They had things to do. Um, Cain worked in the fields, and Abel worked with animals. Now, what's interesting is God asked them to do something that had never been seen before. And what you're going to see today when we look at these three different examples is that everything this preacher says, they entered into something that had never been seen before, and they had to exercise faith so that that unseen could become seen. And so when God told Cain and Abel to bring what they do for their jobs to him as an offering, he was asking them to do something that they had never seen. They had never they didn't know what an offering was. And so they had a chance to respond to God in a unique and new way. And so Cain, who grew things, he brought an offering of just kind of what he had laying around. Right? But Abel, who grew animals, who raised animals, he did something different. He brought the very best of his animals to God and offered them to God. Now here's why this took faith. Because Cain just brought something. Abel brought the best thing, right? Abel's offering but was by faith because by bringing the best, he was, this is so cheesy rhyme, y'all, right? That by faith, Abel gave his best because he was trusting that God would provide the rest, Right, like if, if you're raising animals and you take your best animal to market, are you gonna get a low price or are you gonna get a high price for it? You're gonna get a high price for it because it's your best. That's what he took to God and he was trusting that God would provide the rest. Right, that's the unseen becoming seen by faith. You see, Abel took what had never been seen before, this offering, and by faith, he offered his best and that the unseen became seen. He trusted God because that's what faith is. Faith is trust. Now, remember I said there was a reward when, when by faith someone makes the unseen seen. Look at the, look at the reward here in the rest of verse four. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. And so here's what this preacher is saying. This preacher is saying, listen, guys, guys, Abel did something that we all need to do. His reward is that he gets to be an example for us to follow. Even to that ancient church where this preacher is preaching to a group of Hebrews, even to us we can look to Abel and see an example to follow. That's the commendation. That's the reward is that he becomes an example for all of us. He didn't get eternal life. The preacher was saying, listen, he still died. But he gets to be an example. He gets to be a reward. 
You see, we give God from the first of what we have, not the last. That's how it works out for us. That's when in the Old Testament it talks about a tithe, that, that no matter what money comes into your house, no matter how much it is, you would take a certain percentage of that uh, and, and give it to the church. You would take a certain percentage of that and, and save it for an offering for later. It's believed that if you were a good Hebrew following the law, you would actually set aside about 30% of what money came into your house to be used in different ways for sacrifices and offerings and tithes. In the New Testament, Paul takes that idea of giving our best to God and trusting him to provide the rest, and he says, when we do that, we give sacrificially, which means we give until it hurts. We give until we feel it. That's how we know we're giving by the same faith that Abel does. Because see, if, if we just give something to God where we don't feel it, that's more like Cain. But when we give to God where we feel it, that's like Abel. Because we're trusting God to provide the rest. Look at another example in verse five. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now, Enoch is this interesting person in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, because and, and we only have a few verses about him. There's not a whole lot that we know about him. But what we do know about him is that it says this in Genesis. It says that he walked with God is the thing most people know about Enoch. And because he walked with God, God didn't let him die. God took him up. And see, when we think about walking, we have this vision, we had this image of Enoch walking somewhere, walking where God was taking him. But this idea in Hebrew of walking is a little bit different. It means coming and going. And basically it's saying that Enoch had this idea that he lived out by faith that was this, that everywhere he was, God was there. And by faith, somehow, people around Enoch could see that God was there with Enoch. That by faith, he lived out this relationship with God that was marked by everywhere he went, everyone knew that he was a follower of God. You see, by faith, Enoch's relationship with God was visible to everyone everywhere he went. That's what Enoch by faith did. He took this unseen relationship with God, right? right? Because you can have a relationship with God and it is completely unseen to those around you. But by faith, Enoch chose a different way. By faith, he wanted everybody to know that he was a follower of God. And somehow, when it says that he walked with God, it means that his relationship with God, this unseen relationship with God by faith was visible to everybody around him. And I don't know if that meant that, that when he was walking down the street and he saw somebody that was hurt, if he said, hey, can I pray for you because, because my God can heal you? I don't know if it was that. I don't know if he would, if he would talk about how the scriptures came alive to him in, that, in his morning devotional time. Like We don't know what it looked like. All we know is that everywhere Enoch went, it was visible to everyone that God was with him. Now, for those, of, those kids who are taking notes, the stuff up on the slide, give you a hint, is the stuff that you need to fill out the blank on on the bottom. And I've heard rumor that there's candy if you fill all the blanks in. Is that true? That is true. Is it still a rumor if it's true? There's a question to consider. All right, look at Enoch's reward, though, in verse, in verse five, the rest of verse five. It says, now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. 
And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so just like Abel's reward was that he's our example, Enoch's reward is that he's our example too. And he's our example of what it looks like to have this relationship with God that the New Testament describes as abiding, right? That's the word, that's the, that's the picture of, of what Enoch was when it says he walked with God. Jesus said, abide with me, that wherever we go, God is. And by faith, we can make that relationship visible to others. And now Enoch was this example of what the gospel looked like long before the name of Jesus was ever known. Because what we know about the gospel is that Jesus' death and burial and resurrection, which we get to celebrate today of people who have said yes to Jesus, what we know is that that gospel, the good news that Jesus died and was raised from the dead to pay the penalty for our sin and, and to release us from the power of it, that the benefit of that gospel is that we get to have this kind of relationship with God. That wherever we go, he is. And wherever he is, we can go. That's what the whole book of Hebrews, that's one of the themes in the book of Hebrews is that the curtain has been torn open and you can have this type of abiding relationship with God through Jesus. And by faith, we believe that when we say yes to Jesus, we get to have this type of relationship that Enoch had, allowing others to see this unseen God in us. And if you're here today and you thought Christianity was about what you do and what you don't do, and, and you think Christianity is about, about coming to church every Sunday and putting on your best and, and, then, and then living any way you want Monday through Saturday, it's not about any of those things. You can never be good enough to please a holy God unless you are holy. And so that puts us all in the same category. We need somebody to help us. And Jesus is that one. And when we say yes to Jesus, we get this abiding relationship with God. And if, if you're here today and you haven't said yes to Jesus, I pray that today will be the day that you do. And for those of us who already have, we still can walk under the umbrella of that gospel, realizing that it is by faith that all of this unseen stuff becomes seen. And look at our next example of living by faith. Hebrew, uh, in, in verse seven, it says this, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Now, what's interesting is, is a lot of commentators believe that Noah um, uh, had never seen a flood before for sure. But a lot of commentators believe that he had never even seen rain before. Right? Because a lot of people believe that the, um, the environment was pretty well saturated. Think like a, a, a really tropical rainforest, that that's what it was like. And so the humidity was, was there, the, 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 the water was in the air, and so plants could grow and thrive. I don't know for sure if that's the case, but I do know that what God asked Noah to do had never been seen before. When, no, when God asked Noah to build an ark, no one had ever seen a boat that big. Maybe no one had ever seen a boat, but they certainly had never seen one that big. And by faith, Noah obeyed God because he trusted God. He 
You know, it seemed insane, this idea of building a boat, until it started to rain. And then it made a little bit more sense. And then when the, the flood water started building up, having a boat seemed like a great idea. But before then, it was by faith that Noah obeyed. And because he obeyed by faith, he and his family were saved. And they lived when, according to Genesis, the rest of humanity didn't. And by faith, Noah made what was unseen, this unseen command become seen by faith. By Noah, we see what obedience by trusting God looks like. Another word for the flood is judgment. And the flood shows that God's judgment, uh, that, that the ark was the way through God's judgment. And that ark was built by faith. But that obedience came because he trusted God. And, and, and look at this in the rest of verse seven. It says, uh, by this, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. And so our preacher in Hebrews is saying that when Noah and his family got into the boat, they escaped God's judgment because God carried them through that judgment. But no one else did, but something else special happened. That Noah got this title. That Noah is called righteous by God. Which means God looked at him and said, good job, man. That's kind of what righteous means. And so why was Noah righteous? Was he righteous because he obeyed? Yes, but it was the reason that he obeyed that he's righteous. Because he obeyed because of faith. He obeyed because he trusted God. See, his faith, his faith led to his obedience. And because his faith, he's considered righteous. And that's why by faith, Noah obeyed God because he trusted God. And because Noah trusted God, God called him righteous. And righteous means approved by God. It's that, it's that idea that God really looked at him and said, man, good job. But it wasn't because of what he did. It was because of the faith that he exhibited to do that thing. You see, God says good job to us when we obey God because we trust God, especially when it seems crazy to do so. How many of you have ever done that? How many of you have ever had God ask you to do something that, man, it seemed like it didn't make any sense? And you trusted him. And when you, when you stepped out in that faith and you stepped out in that obedience is when God looks down and says, good job. You see, the unseen becomes seen when we obey. Now, today we get to see another type of obedience. Because today we have people that are also making the unseen become seen by their obedience. Because in Scripture, um, it, it, there, there are commands to be baptized, to, to make this public display of an unseen faith. And that takes faith to do that. That takes trust in God to do that. And their relationship with God, their, their, their trust in this gospel is what baptism shows. As a matter of fact, you can think about baptism like this. By faith, because you trust God, because you trust in the gospel by faith, baptism is an outward picture of an inward change. And this inward change is unseen. At some point, these people that are coming up to be baptized have said yes to Jesus. They've said yes to that gospel. 
And that is unseen. You can do it as a prayer. You can do it at home. You can do it here. Sometimes people have you raise your hand and come up. And that's, that's an outward expression as well. But it's an outward expression of what happens in your soul, of what happens in your heart. And that is unseen. And by faith, baptism makes the unseen seen because it is an outward picture of an inward change. And that's what we get to celebrate today. That by, by, by baptism... The unseen becomes seen, and it has a reward too. Just like these others, it has a reward. And it's ongoing example for us is to live by that same faith. And it's also this great picture of what salvation is. Because what's going to happen? First of all, you know, y'all might notice a change. We did decided not to take down the board because even though it looks like one piece, it's not. And there's also something about having baptism here with us, right? That just feels right. Because what happens is when a person gets into this pool, and, and sometimes we have dads baptized, sometimes I baptize, but when we get into this pool, it is the picture of, of, of God washing us clean, that we start off with sin and then we go under the water and that's the picture of God washing us clean in the gospel, that, that he declares us righteous. And he looks at us and says, good job because of our faith in Christ. And, and we go down in silence, right? But when we come back up, there's something automatic that happens in this church and in this congregation. Do y'all know what it is? They come up to a party. Right, They come up to people clapping and hooping and hollering. Why? Because one day we're all gonna close our eyes for the last time. And one day when we open our eyes in heaven, there's gonna be a party that we're a part of. And it's a party that's going on right now. That's what this is a picture of by faith. That's why we celebrate it. That's why it's in a hot tub. Because that's a party, right? That's really not why. Because that's portable. That's why it's in there. And y'all, I want to tell you that every baptism is a work of God. No matter the age of the child, no matter the age of the adult, every baptism is a work of God. And these people have been prayed for. These people have been taught in fellowship kids, in middle school, in high school, in growth groups. They've been taught here through you as parents, through their small group leaders, through Sarah and Carol, through me and their small group leader. And every baptism is a representation of what God is doing in the hearts of the people here at Fellowship. And so today, like there is nothing but gratitude and thanksgiving in my heart as we celebrate. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pray for us and then uh, band's gonna come up, uh, worship team's gonna come up and do a song. Um, uh, I think everybody over here is ready. I have to run up and change, and then I'll be back, and we'll do some baptisms, all right? Let me pray for us. Jesus, these baptisms represent an absolutely incredible thing, a thing that only you can do, that, that hearts are changed, and we can't manipulate that. We can't orchestrate that. Only you can do that, and God, I ask that for these kids being baptized, for for the adults being baptized later, Father, that this 
memory gets marked in their minds and gets marked in their souls because there will be days where they doubt their salvation. There will be days when they, when they look at, at their lives and they look at the mistakes that they've made and they, say, and they will say, how can a follower of Jesus do this? And Father, I pray in that moment you will remind them of this moment where they said before us that they have said yes to you and somehow deep in their soul they will see you smile and see you love them and then they will come running back to you in that moment because they are yours. In Christ's name we pray, amen.